Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Danlias Ventures podcast. Today I have a really awesome story. I have with me Christian Langren and he will be talking about Open School Platform. I heard about it uh, on Hacker News and I thought, hey, I got to have Christian come to the podcast and tell himself about the story. I think it's really fascinating and yeah, I'm sure you will enjoy. So Christian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. So could you maybe tell a little bit about yourself and then obviously about this amazing, interesting project? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so I'm I'm Christian and I've uh, I'm a I'm a programmer like a school a very typical nerd from, from sitting in my home uh, from eight uh, I think it was when I first got hold of my first computer and uh, just trying to understand it and and also thinking a lot about how this will affect the the society and my life and uh, so I've been working with that for my whole life and uh, I started my first company when I was. 17 and uh, I've been entrepreneurs ever, ever since uh, and are helping kind of both uh, companies and organizations and uh, also governments and uh, and, and um, politicians uh, to think about and talk about how tech can uh, can improve our lives actually that's that's my main focus uh, there's a lot of lot of ideas about the future that are really uh, terrible and uh, I think that we we do have control over over to, over the tech, so we can choose what uh, what future we want. So I I want to be part of kind of uh, creating a future that is uh, sustainable and, and good for us as human beings. Yeah, are you located in Stockholm, right? Sweden, yeah, Stockholm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you work in an IT company, right? Yeah. Like by day, you work with projects, clients, and so forth, right? Yeah. And this. Yeah. Uh, um, if I pronounce it correct, correctly, Opna Skol Platformen or yeah, something to that extent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did study Swedish for a few yeah. years. <laughs> so yeah, I, I know maybe a exactly. few words here and there. So yeah. uh, obviously this project is not part of your, you know, your regular day-to-day -day work, right? It's, no, it's, exactly. it's yeah, yeah, it's your kind of like hobby that has transformed mm. into something a lot more important for you. So maybe you could yeah tell us about the project you have yeah. this awesome cap yeah. and you told me before we got started that it all started with this cap so yeah exactly this this is uh, this is how it started or maybe maybe you should you should give a little bit of background yeah, about the, the school project the school uh, platform uh, um, provided by the city in the first place so so that was a project i think it was started uh, 2012 uh, and they they did a kind of a two year I think it was two years of pre study about what the, uh, the schools want and uh, what the parents want and the children want and the teacher want uh, in kind of tech and uh, digitalization. And then after two years they 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 did the big mistake of of, of you know starting this huge project where we should, where they tried to solve all of those things that they they understood was uh, was problems and uh, and opportunities for the school. And this project uh, uh, then was uh, uh, procured, and uh, it, I think it was uh, sixty million dollars or something like that, uh, wow. or sixty million euros. Uh, uh, and they they f thought that was a reasonable price. I don't know <laughs> why, but uh, they so they started, and then uh, eight years after that, they you know and, uh, they they released it, and obviously it was crap. So nothing worked, and. Uh, 
the parents hated it the teachers hated it the the, uh, the kids hated it, hated it and uh, you know and and it still had costed a lot of, a lot of not at that at that time it cost a lot more than the, the budget was from, from the beginning and now i think it's up uh, at 125 million euros uh, and Whoa. still counting uh, and it's a lot of licenses uh, a lot of uh, support and a lot of like a lot of security issues so you could you could say that this is a typical government failure like no one wants to touch it and uh, you know but they still have it and someone needs to kind of uh, maintain it so and and uh, I realized that this is this is affecting my life uh, in significant ways because my you know I have three kids and uh, I'm separated from their mother so we have a lot of lot of communication that we need to to make sure that we understand what's going on in school so and and uh, the 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 principal in my kids uh, school they are uh, him he is uh, you know he 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 think that this is uh, this is something that needs to be used in order for it to kind of be valuable in the first place so he he is forcing uh, my kids teachers to only communicate through this platform so it is it's it's a little bit of hustle so after a lot of frustration two years of frustration from me uh, i you know i decided to be more vocal about my opinion about this uh, because obviously a lot of people are are grunting about this uh, in private sessions and things like that and on dinners and, and stuff and it's a, the, the typical joke like in the in my in my field like we don't want to be like the school platform um <laughs> So, but anyway, so because I, yeah, but I, but I didn't uh, think that this was use of, uh, good use of both our money, of course, but also of our time. We shouldn't we shouldn't use a platform that was built just because it was expensive because it's not working. It's just you know taking a lot of time from everyone. So I decided that it's it's probably better to not use this, even if we have spent all this money on it, uh, especially for the for the use that I was uh, using it for, like communicating uh, what's going on with the classes. It's better to use email for that. Uh, so then I bought this cap. Uh, it says "Skruta uh, School Platformen," which means like put it in the in the trash. Uh, so that was the start of it and i put this picture up on on twitter and i used it when i was uh, getting my kids from school and uh, and then i realized that the teachers of course they they hated this as much as i was doing so they just like silently because they couldn't for uh, from the principal but uh, say that there was you know but they was like silently i like your cat <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, and then i realized that this is actually much bigger than just me and of course like and th this this is a this is a conversation that needs to be you know brought up for to, into kind of a larger perspective uh and then i um, since i'm a programmer program myself i decided to just look at the kind of the, the background to see how how hard could it be to kind of do something that is better just on top of what it is uh, what it's actually uh, are presenting and then I realized a lot of the a lot of the problems uh, that the school platform has are in the front end. So and then there are obvious problems also in the back end, but those can be manageable. So what I first started doing was uh, kind of just for myself trying to uh, create an app that showed this information from the back end, but in a different front end, uh, and just running it on my my own uh, hardware and my uh, and my phone and. Um, uh, and then I realized this is actually going to be quite good. This is actually going to be uh, an app that I want to use. Uh, so I put it up uh, like a screen share, uh, the, the, the app, how it looked for me. And, uh, and also I decided to uh, publish the code on open source uh, on GitHub. So anyone else that wanted to join could do. 
and pretty soon there were there were a lot of lot of people joining. So uh, and the former colleagues of mine and uh, also parents and the other interested people that were you know you know interested in this to see what was possible. So uh, I think it was five five weeks after that we we, we declared the app as being finished. Uh, like now now we actually have something we can use for ourselves and. Uh, and if anyone else wanted to to download that, they could download the code and run it from themselves. And uh, then we started to kind of look at the the options of actually re releasing this as a, as an app. Uh, and, um, and we made a lot of lot of really really cautious decisions while doing that. So we we realized that this is obviously going to be uh, you know something that that both media and also of course the city will not look at with with the happy happy eyes. Um, they sh obviously obviously should uh, because if they have the interest of the people and we and, and we can come up with a better solution to this, then of course they they you know should look at this and be happy with that they get an alternative. But since they have spent so much money, it's embarrassing to kind of get some something uh, that some teacher or some some uh, parents have you know created in five weeks. Uh, so we realized that this, of course, is going to be something that people are going to look at, and um, and we so we made a lot of lot of conscious uh, decisions there, and one of them was to to only store data in the device by itself. Like we were restricting the 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 app from from sending information to any anywhere else rather than just the the backend uh, of the school platform. Um, so and so and when we have done that, and we had a lot of lot of discussions with security experts of this, and also legal experts uh, to to start thinking about uh, like the implications of this, and uh, then we released it, and also talked to the media, and before even the app was released, um, the, the the city was you know really angry, and they you know in the in the TV and news and news uh, the local news here they were. They were, you know, they weren't happy at all, and they started saying like, "This is this is probably illegal, and we should look into this, and uh, we should we should probably stop it, and things like that." So, uh, and they did. So, so one, directly after we have launched it, uh, they did also uh, launched their own investigations internally for looking at this, and and once we got details about that investigation, we realized that they hadn't like looked at the ways of of opportunities in the legal framework to to actually allowing this they they were definitely looking at like how can we stop this what what are the legal uh tools we have to to stop this so they were looking at like corporate infringement like they were looking at like security and um, um uh, i don't know dot and trong things like that like uh, um so so they were they were they were actively seeking legal uh tools to to stop this uh, and uh, and we met with them, and they, we, you know, in the meetings they were they were fine, and we had good conversations. And in the first meeting, we we suggested to them that like uh, the problems you have from from a legal standpoint, those are mainly on your side. You you do have kind of a, a you have you have something uh, here that you have to to somehow uh, consider. Like you have a backend that is um, sending information to a third party, uh, like an app in this case. But from our point of view, the, uh, or from the from the user's point of view, it's not a difference between this uh, from a legal standpoint than from using Chrome or Safari or something else. So they are in a kind of a, in a little bit of a weird situation where they they have they have their their responsibilities for for the for the actual. Uh, data and the privacy of the of the users, 
and um, and still they kind of uh, since we're not storing any data they can't really you know blaming us for doing something because we are just providing a tool um, so so that put them into a situation that where they they uh, where we also uh, let them off the hook with a very easy uh, suggestion which was that you could you could uh, we could sign an agreement uh, where they could um, they could tell us what to do like we you, you are only allowed to do this and that with it, this data and uh, mm -hmm. you can't really store it anywhere else and things like that and uh, uh, but they didn't they, they didn't want to col collaborate on, on that at, at all they just wanted to you know finish their their investigation and then uh, after you know two months I think it was uh, last last Wednesday uh, I think it was uh, they they concluded their investigations and they also filed a police report uh, wow. <laughs> and about us. So so that was that was a little bit disappointing if you could say that. And obviously also at the same time we have been uh, or in the meantime uh, during their investigations they also uh, and this was this was uh, the the things that were also uh, published on Hacker News and a lot of discussions in the international community. That during the time when they did this, uh, this uh, investigations, uh, they also tried to stop us by changing parameters in the in the API, like really ridiculous ones. Like they were changing headers and things, and uh, just to make sure that our app was uh, um, was not um, uh, working properly. So they were sabotaging the app, and you know they had they had the technical. Uh, option to do that and since we had promised ourselves not to do any dynamic code at all in the in the app that mm -hmm. was one of the conscious decisions that forced us to do a new release uh, every time they changed something um, and before <laughs> before this they, I think they had done like one or two releases a year but during those time I think there was seven releases for uh, during two weeks uh, and for each release they did, we just changed our code and released a new one. So just a few hours after they have done all these these hacks that they were doing, we just released a new one. So now I think they have stopped doing that, and uh, they they are now you know trying to do uh, the, the the this really ridiculous uh, claim that we are uh, that we should be, do something illegal by by using the data that we already have access to as parents. And showing that them in an app that aren't sending or, or, or you know sending or storing any, any data anywhere else. So, yeah, that's 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 pretty much where we are right now. <laughs> wow, that's 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 a lot of info. I I made some notes, but uh, basically, <laughs> uh, basically, a few maybe specific questions. So when they started to build this huge system, right? That basically just pure shit, right? I mean, it it's it's yeah went over budget you know deadlines were passed and nothing really worked and it barely barely works and now they are forcing it down the throat of the teachers and yeah. parents and so forth but it wasn't open source right from the start so no, 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 it's no. a closed system yeah that basically means that they will now only be able to work with that one company that was yeah, in charge yeah. of creating it so that's why it went way over budget right because if it was open source they could stop and say hey yeah. you know peace off we're gonna get some better guys <laughs> to continue doing this so maybe they yeah. could have come to you right and say like sure. hey could yeah. you do this but um yeah but it wasn't open source so they were t they were tied to this um, horrible system mm. and you mentioned uh, from the technical perspective basically you reverse engineered it by just looking at the API and understanding that, hey, there is a backend API and yeah. that you basically are using the same API that their official application is using, right? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, they didn't provide any documentation. <laughs> they didn't provide anything, we, no, no, nor no. there is any any way for you to know what actually happens. You just have to, you know, push and and try a kind of trial and error method. No, actually, we have also been been very cautious about that too. Like we're, we 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 know that they're going to be like looking at this, like and try to pin us with like we have done something that you can't do. Uh, we have only sh we are only showing data that we can get access to ourselves only with the kind of the the URLs that we actually see in the in the Chrome uh, developer tools and. And that's you know something that everyone can can just press one button and in their in their web browser and see exactly those those uh, uh, those things. Yeah. So, yeah. so and and actually we before starting I I asked them a very polite question like can mm -hmm. we get access to the documentation since this is open procurement and you know and and that was one of the the the, the demands in the, in the procurement. Uh, that they, the, the vendors should uh, develop an API and then also an SDK. And an mm -hmm. SDK means software development kit. So, mm -hmm. you know, that means that they are, you know, somehow uh, preparing for other developers to also start using the, the software, the backend that they, are, they, have, uh, they have purchased. Uh, and we got the response back that this, no, you can't look at that because that's, uh, that's secret. Yeah. <laughs> That um, that would reveal a lot of lot of security implications, which itself is you know very uh, pretty much means that they are they're relying on security by obscurity uh, in order. Yeah, that to, doesn't to, work. No, it doesn't work. So, and and also they you know that has been obvious for for everyone that this this is not a secure system, uh, and the the only you know the the only. Uh, uh, the only thing that it, that this actually provides, in in comparison to email, is that it should be secure communication. That's like kind of the the best thing about this platform that it yeah. can it's a secure way for you to communicate. But one you know a lot of like I think it was five or six major security breaches in in this uh, secure in, in this platform from the start from the start, and it's probably a lot lot more than than, than that we haven't found yet. Yeah. yeah, and if I remember correctly, I did a little bit of translating yeah. <laughs> of your website and obviously read Hacker News and so forth. But uh, you did actually report some security issues, right? So then, yeah. yeah, am I correct? Right? You yes. were nice about it. You didn't exploit it, obviously, in any way. You noticed no. it and you quietly mm. reported it. No? Yeah, yeah exactly. And and that's uh, uh, so. I think it was uh, the. Uh, First or the second day when I start looking at the, their mm -hmm. API calls, I realized that they have very, you know, significant security weakness in in the way mm -hmm. that they have done this. And uh, um, so I, I reported this and I talked to kind of security experts uh, about how to how how you know how severe this this problem was. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, then I get got the reply back like this is something we know about, uh, but we it it would be. Uh, too expensive to fix it, so we are we are just we are just relying on the fact that we 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 know that no one is using it, <laughs> which is such a weird thing to do. Like yeah. you have paid all this money to get a secure system for communication, but it's not secure enough, and it's too expensive to fix the actual security problems. Um, so and this was in in December, and still they haven't they haven't uh, fixed that problem. So this is still a security weakness in this in this platform, which is weird. It's so it's so bizarre. The whole thing is so bizarre. Like I don't understand how anyone can 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 keep their jobs by uh, well still you know maintaining and also uh, 
trying to uh, to, to force people that wants to help uh, out of of, uh, of the conversation. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I mean, uh, because there is uh, obviously information about children, right? So yeah. basically, any security breach could potentially mean there could be some, you know, maybe personal information could be leaked, right? Maybe yeah. information about children and so forth. It's very severe, so to say. Yeah, this is, uh, and their internal documents uh, also say that this is a, it's a permanent uh, problem and it's a really, really serious problem. Okay. Uh, so uh, and uh, so they have they have discussed this internally. They know about the problem, but the, it's, they can't really do something about it. So they they are in a tight spot, and I'm you know I don't envy them uh, for having that. But you know they can't really you know <laughs> they can't really blame the ones uh, finding it. Uh, of course. Uh, about that. Yeah, and obviously, were they happy about this disclosure? Did they say like, yeah, thank you very much for reporting. We are aware of it. We are looking into it. Or, you know, did they call police on you again? <laughs> no, they didn't call the police. But I you know, still haven't received uh, any communication back from them about this. Like, uh, And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't expect them, expect them to do that either. But um they 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 are they, they don't have any uh which is also astonishing since they have already gotten a lot of reports they they should have at this time they should understand that it's important to have kind of disclosure uh, uh procedure so it's so it's safe for someone to to mm -hmm. disclose uh, disclose problems with their platform and also have co ways of communicating and also kind of understanding and reporting back uh, when they have fixed problems. And, at, uh, and this is this is one, just one of three security pro big security problems I've found uh, during the time when I've, I have stopped look uh, I've looked or we have looked at this. Mm -hmm. And all of those uh, three major problems we have tried to disclose or not disclose, but to to uh, to let them know in 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 a, in a, in a as professional way as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's also astonishing to me, like how can government agencies put uh, that much mon money and uh, not have proper uh, ways of, of handling security uh, reports. I'm and, just and wondering. This, is, this yeah. is also, you could say, this is, this is not only related to a school platform, because this is this, the government, uh, the city of Stockholm, the, the kind of the, all the digital uh, services they have are uh, vulnerable to this. So that where you, you have a lot of lot of sensitive, not only to kids and but you have social. Um, uh, when you go to kind of have have counsel with a social, uh, uh, I don't know what's it called, a therapist, therapist or maybe something. or yeah. something. Uh, those things, but also you could, uh, and since it's not only for to read things, it's also to write things. So you can actually end up uh, with a hacker trying to, you know, forcing people to get married because they have filed for for, for marriage in the in the in the digital service that the city provides, or change uh, you know grades and things like that. So so yeah, it's 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 not something uh, that you should just wait and uh, and see. Uh, and um, yeah. So, so uh, do I get you correctly that uh, basically it's uh, some of the vulnerabilities are not in the school platform itself, but in mm. underlying platform that is utilized across many different services. Yeah. So, okay, well, that that shit is scary. Yeah, I mean, it is scary. I, I mean, uh, and, and, you know, them using excuse like we don't have money to fix it. Yeah. Uh, why didn't they grab the vendor by the balls and force, you know, the vendor to fix it? I mean, 
there is somebody who is the, responsible for it, no? But they have made these decisions, uh, and you know, uh, probably like five or six years back, or no, I don't know, maybe later, uh, uh, earlier on than that as well. I don't know. Um, and knowing about these problems, and uh, try, I, I have no idea why they they chose this type of of security uh, principle, but. Uh, but the the biggest like the if you just describe it a little bit uh, mm -hmm. it, it's like they have selected um, single sign-on solutions uh, yeah. and and while doing that they have exposed kind of everything to the same security risk so if even if you just want to go in and look at your uh, your your kids uh, grades or uh, maybe some yeah attendance like that, list you're or also exposing the whole the rest of the whole system in a way that 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 probably aren't something they didn't have fantasy enough i think or knowledge about what what could be done uh and that's a, that's a little bit of a problem okay that that yeah that sounds scary but uh, let's move on so basically you pushed your code to github uh, some people join helped you i've seen you have over 700 commits on github yeah. so you've been pretty active <laughs> obviously when they change something in api <laughs> that's another <laughs> commit for you right to change the code a bit and release a new version yeah. so um other people I joined that yeah i think it's probably more than 700 commits i think we have 3000 people that have downloaded the, or cloned the the repository and i think it was 70 forks or something Oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, I just checked the main repository, so maybe uh -huh, yeah. it's just maybe in the master branch, you know, the 700 commits, maybe. Yeah, that. yeah but I, I just noticed that it was really active. That's what yeah. I wanted to say. Yeah. And so you created um, iPhone and Android application, right? Yeah. And that's basically just the front end. It does nothing else but just make simple calls to the API, displays information in a way that doesn't hurt your eyes and doesn't want you to, you know, smash your phone. And um, <laughs> and obviously the question is, um, obviously in the beginning it's hobby. You're just passionate. You want to do something. Like many hackers, good hackers, um, you just want to fix the problem. You don't want to just complain and be like, hey, this doesn't work. I don't like it. I have the tools and means to fix it. But what about, you know, the future? I mean, you're not going to develop it, um, you know, long term if you don't have some sort of support. I mean, you can run on passion until a certain mm. point. But sure. what after that? Uh, yeah, that's a good, good, uh, good point. I, and that's something we also decided early on that we shouldn't, we we can release the code open source, uh, mm -hmm. but we decided to 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 make it uh, not uh, free uh, as a downloadable uh, app on App Store. Um, so right now it it costs twelve kroner, which is basically one euro. Um, and uh, and that the reason for that is that we want to be able to to provide support and and mm -hmm. also develop this further on um, and continue working on it as a, as a kind of a collaborative uh, effort for for ever, anyone want, that wants to join. Mm -hmm. And we have seen so many people that with different skills and expertise uh, join the project. So now we have just released you know language support and and. Uh, uh, from just having three or four languages that we could provide ourselves, like uh, mm -hmm. someone uh, in their development team, they were they were speaking French, so they so they, they translated that. Uh, but now we have uh, Arabic, uh, Somali, we have uh, actually Latin. Uh, someone <laughs> on Twitter uh, <laughs> translated the whole thing to Latin, so that's interesting. Uh, wow. So during one day, we actually got from four to ten uh, languages uh, directly. Um, 
So, and, and this is, so in many ways, I would say this is also an experiment on how you could also collaborate uh, on these type of digital tools that, that we as users want uh, and, uh, and see the power of open source uh, to, be, to be applied on, on government tech uh, uh, projects. So, you know, we don't know exactly how this is going to turn out, and, but we are open to, to all different, different ways of, of exploring this. But what we, are, what we have decided is that we, should, we will not let this project die. So somehow, you know, this is going to, this is going to continue living on. And, um, and, and when you think about it, uh, which, which is something we have done quite, quite a lot in the recent, recent weeks, during the, especially during, because of all the media attention. Yeah. Um, we, we realize that there are certain things that the government will not be able to do. Like if you want to, if you want to, to ask Siri what's, uh, what the kids uh, you know, are having for, uh, for lunch when you're, when you're making dinner or you're making plans, or in, like if you're hur in a hurry and, and uh, want to know if they, if they have uh, uh, sports during mm -hmm. some, of the, some, some of their the, the day, uh, that's something you want to, you know, ask your your personal assistant if in, mm -hmm. if it's uh, you know, Google Home or uh, Siri and things like that. And if you imagine uh, the city or the government to procure that type of innovation, maybe that's not what what the procurement process is done, you know, is, is suitable for. Mm -hmm. So at some point, I think it's actually a good idea to kind of have some sort of uh make some sort of decision what's what's the kind of the end uh of the government uh, digital digital tools and infrastructure mm -hmm. and where can the market fit in and uh, where can you know, like open source uh, also fit into the story um so i think what we are what we're also seeing here and a lot of the discussions uh, regarding this project is also about that like how uh, how can we make sure to kind of harvest this power that we can uh, we are now showed this is out there and make that uh, kind of into something that can actually solve some of the problems that we previously had uh with government procurement processes and also if it less lack of efficiency but also like who decides to to be CIO of of that type of project? Maybe we don't want to kind of to put all the the, the innovation uh, expectations on 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 those people. Mm -hmm. So if we can see open source as one of the tools that can that can utilize a new way of of collaborating on digital infrastructure uh, in the city and in this, in the country, maybe we can find uh, quite new ways of collaborating that way. But also, if you look at the at this uh, from an international perspective, you can see like a lot of lot of these uh, a lot of these projects uh, everywhere in the world. Like we, we as parents have pretty basic needs uh, in order for us to understand what's going on in school. So if anyone else wants to join this and you know try our code on a different, completely different uh, city and different schools and things like that. We have actually provided kind of the the, uh, the separation between the app and the data, so we have something called embedded API. Um, mm -hmm. So instead of having a proxy or an API uh, on top of their API, we have uh, we have pretty much made that into a separate component in our app, uh, mm -hmm. which means that you can just provide a different uh, component that that uh, sends the data to the app in the same format. Which means that you can you can basically use this app and adapt it to a completely different uh, different city, 
So you know, if if you want to in in Helsinki, uh, you provide provide a different app, and uh, then you can use we can collect colla collaboratively um, uh, create the app and make the the front end interface better uh, as a global society, and then maintaining just the, the kind of the embedded API, the the local kind of uh, uh, adaptions to to the local environment. Which is, you know, that's exactly how internet was was built, right? So yeah. you started with small components and you put them together, and then evolving those separately and iterating on them. Uh, so, you know, who knows what's going to happen <laughs> with this project later on? But I, I definitely am excited about the future. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I noticed that you have an MP, uh, npm package for yeah. the embedded API. So basically, that that it works like an adapter, and as long as you provide. Um, you can adopt the data from another API. You could use the app without mm. changing the app itself. Yeah, so exactly. that you know you made it so that it's easily adaptable to different APIs and so forth. So mm. I think that is really cool that you actually put so much thought into it. Even yeah. though the idea was just to scratch your own itch, right? Just to <laughs> just to make something better for yourself. Yeah. And and one one really important point to make here is of course that I I have not made this myself. This is this is a collaborative effort, and, the, and a lot of these questions that I'm not uh, talking about right now is the is the uh, the, the brilliant beh mind behind this is Johan Öbrink, mm -hmm. uh, and also Eric Hellman, uh, and so and and a lot of lot of other uh, really brilliant uh, programmers as well. Uh, that have thought about this these type of problems for a long time, and and uh, now we had a chance to kind of show how how things could be done uh, when you when you get the chance to do it without having anyone to screw it up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I looked at uh, Finnish statistics, and uh, I think uh, Finnish Parliament actually put forth a recommendation on using open source. Right. Mm. The idea behind it was that um, if, for example, a rich city like Helsinki creates a platform if that platform was open source then mm. a much poorer city somewhere you know in lapland that doesn't have an it budget of you know 100 million euros mm. can utilize that system and enjoy all the benefits of yeah. uh, that big procurement project mm. um and we spend in finland about i think um, 32 million euros in licenses mm. You know, we spend about five million in updates. So when we mm. update software, we have to purchase something additional. And then direct procurement, that is the cancer mm. of public procurement, yeah. is about uh, 18 million euros. So basically, yeah. direct procurement means that, you know, somebody created a piece of shit, but it's yeah. called source. And yeah. now if you want to do anything with it, you have to work with that company directly. Yeah. You have to procure services directly from that company because there is no other alternative. Yeah. And, yeah, no, and it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's cancer if you think about it, because, yeah. but still, um, I think in 2009, parliament, mm. you know, put forth this recommendation and yeah, it's still, mm. you know, is not used widely. And mm. we actually have a citizen, a citizen initiative in Finland. Anybody can create a citizen initiative mm. and it, if it gets enough votes, you know, it will be considered uh, a topic to be discussed in the parliament. Mm. So, and we have initiative in order to make open source a mandatory mm. requirement for mm. all procurement projects, yeah. IT projects that are not considered, you know, like, you know, army secrets or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, as long as um, 
it's just something like a school platform you know you have to open source it you have yeah. to develop it mm. on github and others mm. have to be able to make use of it they yeah. have the license should be permissive so that it allows others to just copy it and use it for whatever they want so that it breeds more innovation mm. so that it helps other cities and kind of contributes to the ecosystem because it's our money mm. it's my you know <laughs> tax money and i want that to yeah. better my country to better the ecosystem and so forth mm. but again the initiative received maybe like 1180 votes mm. so the problem that i see is that normal people that are not in it field mm. they don't really care that much right yeah. they, they don't understand the underlying issue but i think to in order to drive the point home if we remove all these licenses and direct procurement costs, we could mm. have built a lot more schools. Mm. Mm. We could have maybe improved yeah, the living standard in Finland. Yeah, I mean, you, you make a really, really good point here, and that's it's about education. Like, how can we make sure that un everyone understands that there are really good alternatives that are mm. much better and and cheaper? Like, that seems a little bit too good to be true, but uh, that's exactly what this is about. Um, and we have similar situations here here in Sweden. We have. I, I just recently last week I checked how many how many procurement uh, notes that were or uh, documents that were uh, mentioning open source. Mm -hmm. yeah, can you guess how many it was last year? Three. My guess is three. <laughs> no, it's one. <laughs> okay, okay. I was too optimistic. <laughs> yeah, it's only one. And uh, of twenty thousand, so we have twenty thousand, uh, and of course, you know that those twenty thousand is also about building schools and roads and things like that. But um, you know, we are spending, I think it was uh, two point six billion uh, euros in uh, in government IT. Really, and wow. and of all of those, only one is is using this, and uh, my company actually won that. <laughs> ah. That's the only one. So, okay. so my company wants to help. We want to do. Mm -hmm. We want to be part of this, and we want to help government to kind of create these open source, both uh, not only the software, but also kind of a community around it. Because mm -hmm. just publishing core, source code is not going to change anything. Uh, but, but this is this is still really early on, uh, and and but I hope that our project can actually be part of also educating uh, the, the masses about the opportunities and the problem and how how this works and uh, that is actually not that scary you can actually doing this but you have to you have to you know put pressure on the politicians you have to understand yeah. these things we can't really expect the people that are sitting there right now to understand these things because we haven't we haven't uh, uh, voted uh, the politicians and the people in the parliament and the government that understands these things and that's why we are not you know seeing any change in this so we have to as as a society be much more active in also forcing kind of this discussion to be to be a, an active discussion and uh, so that's why you know I, I think it's really good for for you also and to, for us to have this conversation uh, because i think we can all uh, help each other uh, if we collaborate also internationally and there are a lot of lot of good initiatives in the uh, eu they have a lot of you know uh, the, the the rational argument is already there you don't you don't have to kind of you know you don't have to spend more money on you know, people understanding and and, and and researching if this is a good idea it is already a good idea and it's it is it published so many papers on this topic uh so so it is about only about starting it's only about like uh, daring to kind of question this really huge project that you are 
in the process of putting out as a big procurement and stopping stop doing that and see how can we divide this and start with a really really small uh, project instead and then letting mm -hmm. that small project be iterative and then uh, you know see how it goes and i have actually actually one uh, one other thing to say about this mm -hmm. uh, this um, this example that you do if you have a really rich uh, uh, municipality uh, that takes kind of the the lead in in this in this case there's there's a big risk in that of uh, of doing that um, because when you adapt a thing to the biggest and mo most complex uh, city you're you're probably building it too complicated uh, so we, it's a little bit of uh, catch 22 here it, it's it's actually much better to to use the least complex uh, city uh, in, in the country the uh, probably smallest country and probably they don't have enough money to do this uh, properly yeah. either but if you could do kind of some sort of collaboration and you know you could see because it's it's much more uh, it's much more probable that you can take uh, the school system that was developed for a very small city uh, in, you know in a rural area and and mm -hmm. then adapt that into an urban area where you, when you know that it, you know everything is secure Mm -hmm. uh, you know, every user is happy. The one teacher in the school, you know, gets what the uh, what she or he wants, and the parents in that school gets what they want. Like, if you start there, and then build and iterate on that, and then add complexity once you uh, when you move on, then you actually get a much more efficient way of developing these things. So, so that's also kind of a policy perspective, and uh, you should probably start doing much more of that. Like, look at the rural. Uh, cities and help them with budgets and also competence from from this from the big cities and make sure that they get what they want and then we can use that as, a, as an experiment to then lower uh, and lower the risk and then we can move uh, into the cities instead uh, and that's that's one of the one of the, the ways that we are working in, uh, in my company we are doing a lot of those experiments in the rural areas like drone deliveries mm -hmm. we are testing now in, in the north and we have uh, one project where we use AI to optimize, uh, like uh, how transport is uh, all the transports in the in the area uh, is being utilized and uh, and collaborate between uh, different vendors of in, in transport. Things like that are really really those, those things can't be done in the, in the big cities because it's then it's too complex and uh, the uh, the the vendors aren't interested in collaborating at all. But in rural areas you can so. Uh, that's that's an that's an idea that we can also use a lot a lot more I think when when talking about this. Yeah, I think uh, basically constraints also breeds innovation, right? I mean, yeah. uh, if you look at uh, Estonia, right? Uh, yeah. like, uh, Estonia is a very small country, mm. and they don't have huge budgets for IT systems. No. And when compared, I think um, uh, I think when develop when they developed their patient information system. Mm. I think it was maybe like 100 times or even maybe 1,000 times cheaper than the one that we were developing in Finland. Yeah. And the Finnish version was just over the budget, you know, <laughs> missed all the deadlines. And in the end, it was piece poor performance yeah, from the usability course. perspective, sure. from the performance perspective. I'm not sure about security. I haven't heard anything negative about security yet 
but mm. Estonians were able to develop something much quicker because I think a lot of people just sat in, you know, at the table and they were like, hey guys, we don't have a lot of money. So what no. are we going to do? How are we going to solve this problem um, in a smart way, obviously? So mm. I, I do agree. I haven't thought about it. And you make a really good point that if you create certain constraints, then you have to be innovative. You have to start mm. using open source because many, in many cases, you might not have the budget to start from scratch no. and reinvent the wheel. But a lot of companies that win those procurement uh, projects, it's not in their interest to make it short and sweet. The idea is because you win procurement in many cases by having a great portfolio and then setting a very low price, right? Because mm -hmm. in procurement, yeah. you know, it's it's about the cost in most cases. So maybe mm. 60 points come from the cost and then like 20 from the portfolio and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And then the idea is they sell it very cheap but they know the real money comes uh, because the government doesn't know how to create good specifications. Mm. So they don't know how to create good specifications. And then every single thing that during the process they will see that they need, but they haven't mm. mentioned in specification, will mm. be made you know, separately and built separately. And I think this is the biggest problem because it's it's uh, not in their in their interest to actually do a good job mm. because you don't make money that way. No, but I, I think it's it's important to to not uh, point to any specific party in this and say that those are the bad guys because that I don't think that's true. I don't think that the you know the big vendors are you know want to to be, do a bad job and they they probably have you know a lot of lot of stories by themselves to talk about mm -hmm. in all these projects as well. And I don't think that you can point everything of this on on kind of the the, the ones making the specifications and requirements. And uh, I I think in the end I think this is you know a mindset problem. I think it's about like the, we have made already the shift in from the industrial mm -hmm. age uh, over to kind of the this world whatever we want to call it now. Yeah. And especially during the last year when we have you know forced everyone to work from home and uh, you know find new ways of communicating and use utilizing digitalization in a much better way we have kind of we have moved ourselves into this world that we are in right now and in this world you, you those all those ideas that comes from the industrial age where you kind of you can you can just take we can if you can do something bigger uh, then it's, it's often better because you get scaling and you get you know you can get much economy of scale and, and so like forth that. yeah those those rules don't apply anymore those so because we are we are a much more complex world right now and the the expectations from the users change the technology changes and um, so you have we have to kind of bridge over to from a centralized idea where you centralize all the decisions you mm -hmm. centralize all the money you centralize the power uh, in the industrial age we are now seeing a shift over to to something that is much more de decentralized Mm -hmm. And you can see this in finance with Bitcoin that you know thrives in this uh, environment that we are in right now because you can you can you can really really do innovations in in, in finance based on that idea, uh, and the same thing goes for all of these government tech and open source is the perfect tool for doing that. Like you can then decentralize all these decisions and and when you do that, the most important part of 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 that process is that you are involving much more uh, brain power. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like when you try to, from one person, make one decision, when you, the final you know, sign was done for this 12 years ago, this, this school project, 
they had no idea that we would get like the, the you know this the, all of these things should happen like uber we should have zoom calls we, we will have iphones that are cheap as heck yeah we should have you know watches on our phones we, we will have you know uh, siri and the, all the ai tools that we have and bandwidth and everything like that they they didn't know that and and uh, the, and the same thing goes now like we don't know how how the society will shift when we get uh, self-driving cars or electrical uh, planes and uh, the, all the stuff that innovation that comes out from from the sustainability and innovation with, with that we have so much new things that's going to happen so you can't really yeah. You can't really re apply those tools or those ideas that it's better. The, the bigger it is, the better it is, because mm -hmm. you have to utilize all the brain power that you that you have in the society in order for you to change uh, the society wh while we are going. And that's you know that's that's a reality now, and you have to pretty much adapt to that. Uh, and th that's going to be a, that's going to be a huge shift for for government uh, pr uh, you know processes and. And policymakers and uh, lawmakers to to uh, to keep up with the pace that the rest of society is actually moving in. Yeah, I think uh, one of the problems is that when they create specifications for procurement, mm. um, they don't actually get input from a lot of people. I mean, there is maybe a steering group, you know, or maybe there is a technical officer or somebody who is in charge of making sure that the te technical requirements are there. But yeah. they could actually at some point, maybe they could even um, outsource that in, in a sense that maybe it could be a wiki where everybody could comment, you know, and technical mm -hmm. people would be just browsing new procurement specifications and would be providing their two cents, you know, have you thought mm -hmm. about this and how about security and so forth. And maybe there could be like a mandatory period where it should be visible and everybody could comment on it. And then after mm -hmm. that, it only proceeds to the procurement process. But mm -hmm. I think it lacks a lot of visibility things kind mm. of even though i mean eu is pushing for open procurements right i mean mm. um, if you have uh, large procurements then all the eu states should be able to participate i mean companies from mm. all the countries but still uh, it's still kind of like in finland things are done under the table a bit you know many times they already know from whom they will be purchasing the service mm. and mm. they're just like oh yeah this shitty eu they are forcing us to put it on some portal okay we're gonna put a few specifications there that nobody mm. else can match and mm. we have our vendor so yeah. a lot of things to be honest are happening I'm, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody but i mean some of the officials consider procurement as a hassle you know the procurement mm. process even mm. though i ha i think it had good intentions right mm. down in the open you know open bids people can compete companies can compete and so forth but i think it just doesn't work so uh, my question to you i guess is how do we go about what do you think how we do go about fixing the procurement process because it's needed process yeah. governments need to purchase it services they need to purchase software obviously it's not government is not the right um, i think um, is, is not is not built to innovate right i mean mm. it's very conservative and so forth so mm. you did mention that the innovation maybe could happen elsewhere and mm. the government could just create the solid foundation on top of which like you guys did you could mm. innovate but um, i don't know how the procurement process works in sweden i would assume it's as shitty as ours yeah. so uh, the same same uh, eu law eu, st EU yeah. standard but yeah yeah of course but how, how do you go about changing this enormous process 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's going to be interesting to see. I, I think that we, we we need to start somewhere and we need to start like where, where we are right now. And uh, instead of trying to fix, kind of design the perfect system uh, that mm -hmm. will fix this, we have to start realizing that this, this is a problem in the first place. So we, we, are, we are recognizing this as a problem. Uh, but also understanding that that you know developing software is not about you know it's 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 not we are not using the same processes anymore uh, uh, that that you know waterfall and those things we are mm -hmm. using much more agile processes mm -hmm. and um, and the, the idea that we can just you know if we just ask more people before we start we're gonna get what we need that's that's not how it works it's much more creative process than that. Uh, so if you see it more as, uh, uh, as if you as a city wants to, to, to procure an artist that's going to paint a wall, uh, how do you do that? Would you procure that based on only on price or would you look at something else that they, that artists have done before? How can you can maybe make a, create some sort of relationship between different artists and getting them to collaborate? And then, uh, you know, some something can might, might happen here, and something else can happen here. Like you have to you have to be much more flexible when looking at these things and just looking at it on from a contract perspective. And obviously, you should you should really really make sure that we we get a good foundation on on the on the legal framework for doing that. And just this Tuesday, we had a really good, in, uh, interesting discussion about uh, like uh, how you could do, um, how can how can you make sure that we can have legal um, equivalents of of the stuff that is going on in the open source world? Like, what is a, a pull request, for example? <laughs> if you look at it from a legal span standpoint, maybe yeah. that could be seen as a as a as a vendor suggestion or a, uh, I don't know the English terms for these things, but mm -hmm. uh, like how can how can how can we look at this from a creative perspective uh, also and and not trying to f change the the, the process uh, uh, how you work with the software development, but rather you know change the the, the legal um, adaptate uh, adaptation of, of that. So. Um, I, I I don't have the have the answers to this, but first of all, we need to understand the problem, and then, and then we need to kind of start somewhere, uh, and experiment somewhere, and um, that's probably going to happen. I think I'm I'm positive with that. I think that we we will see start start seeing new open source uh, procured software that is done much more in the open and where people can give their own suggestions uh, and then get paid, of course, for for their suggestions of as course. well. Yeah. yeah. So basically, what you what you're saying is that we should um, adopt our existing legal framework in order to allow this innovation to happen. Because at at this point, it, it it's not very permissive. No, but I think the the praxis, the policy that we have developed on top of the framework uh, or the or the uh, EU law that we have, um, those things might want uh, might, you want we might we might want to look at those praxis and policy and uh, and see how can we how can we look at the legal fr framework and see what can we do without changing too much of of the process mm -hmm. uh, the development process that actually works. Um, so yeah. But I'm not I'm not a legal expert, so I can't of course, really understand, of course, of course. Uh, understand those things. But uh, I think that, that we need to be we need to be looking at these things uh, quite quite uh, uh, extensively now. I think. So if if we go back to your project, so 
how long has it been out in the wild and how, how long have people been using it and uh, you know what, what's been the reaction when it comes to parents you know do they like it and um, what are your plans for the future yeah you know what, what will happen next and how can people help yeah yeah good good question so so when we released it the directly came out to, to be uh, uh, on first place on on app store so that was wow uh, yeah <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So that was that was super fantastic, and we got fantastic reviews. And also, you know, we had worked on this, you know, for two months or a little, mm -hmm. a little less than that, and we were really nervous because, in some ways, it was just a, it was just an app showing kind of very basic stuff. It it was mm -hmm. really really basic. It wasn't something mm -hmm. you would you know, I, you know we have done done AI things that are super interesting, like those things that we can really be proud of. This was just an app showing kind of newsletters from the teachers <laughs> and the schedule. Like that's that's so basic, and yeah. we, we were so afraid that people were just gonna say, "What is what is this crap? This is just this is just a basic stuff." But people loved it, uh, so they got uh, got us you know, four point six, I think it was four point seven uh, in in average review on on the both App Store and and Google Play wow. Store. And obviously, once the city started to sabotaging us, uh, that that uh, average grade was uh, getting a little bit less. But I think now it's about four point one or four point two, something like that. Uh, yeah. And um, uh, but the plans are to, to kind of just continue working like this, like we and, and adding more features securely and consciously, uh, and uh, helping first of all helping teacher uh, helping uh, parents uh, with mm -hmm. their communication. But we also hope that we can ta start talking with with teachers. Uh, there are a lot of lot of programming teachers out there that uh, want might might want to add uh, features that would uh, benefit them. Like when they when they take uh, notes about uh, uh, if the students have a ride to uh, to, the, to the classroom, those kind of things that they do all the time, maybe those some of those things are interesting to start developing. And maybe uh, and another thing that we are also looking into is to to develop this for more cities. We have already started mm -hmm. talking to uh, I think it's three or four new cities in in Sweden that are interested uh, and uh, that have similar problems with their with their platforms. Okay. Um, and you know, iteratively, just continue working. And then, and that's also important for me to say that I'm not, you know, leading this in any way. I'm, you know, this, this is this is a really really interesting project to watch because every every day there's someone that has a new idea that they have developed something new, and uh, and uh, and we just go with that. Uh, so anyone wants that wants to join us, just you know, look at our our GitHub page. Mm -hmm. See the issues there, and uh, and if you are interested to involve yourself, uh, just try to download the code and see if it works. And you know, if you are interested in, in uh, engaging more, you ha we also have a Discord where you can join. Um, and if you are, you know, if you're interested in in also kind of helping out with UX and communication and uh, PR stuff and things like that, we have we have you know we are open to to all all contributions here. And what it, about and really, money contributions? Really yeah. What about money? Money, yeah, exactly. We have a Patreon, so we're really mm -hmm. happy with that. Last week, we actually changed uh, business model, if you can say that for a okay. project. But uh, so instead of uh, charging money for the app itself, we are now open for uh, for donations on Patreon instead. So now mm -hmm. the app uh, is uh, is free for everyone to use to, mm -hmm. to download. So I encourage everyone to to do that. So that's going to help us a lot. 
especially of course if you have children in Stockholm. <laughs> so, of course. But but um, but everywhere else as well. And uh, and if you are in the city and listen to this and uh, want to do the same thing in your city, I encourage you to do it. It's really fun. It's uh, you know it's uh, it's something that I really really. Uh, gets you to understand how the society works and how it's mm -hmm. not working. And it's a good way of, of, of illustrating open source uh, as a way of procurement process, like uh, challenge the status quo with something that you can actually take care of yourself. And, yeah. and it's, it's not rocket science, you know, if, if you know, we, in, the, in the end, if, if, if we would get, uh, you know, sued or get police you know, put in jail just because we have we have showed information that we already have access to uh, about, you know, when the, the kids start school, uh, you know, I think then then we have a major issue uh, in our society if that that's, uh, you know, something that is illegal to do. Yeah, I hope it doesn't <laughs> doesn't end up. <laughs> end up in in that situation but uh, you mentioned that it's really fun and then i thought in my head i'm like yeah getting police involved is really fun and fighting <laughs> with the with the officials but yeah of course um it's fun from the learning perspective right you learn yeah. a lot during the process yeah. I, I also noticed on your patreon you have a opportunity like there are different tiers right yeah like starting from like one year or something like that but then it goes to like i think like 10 million or something no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so what's up with that <laughs> what? No, yeah it's it, it's a fun statement like we say, like we say in that if you are if you are that uh, if you have that much money and you want to support us with one million uh, a month it is yeah i think it was then, one million then you yeah. will then will you, you will have paid as much as uh, as the city of stockholm has paid for their for their original platform in 10 years uh, wow so I, I think I think we we done that both for because it's a little uh, we always want to use humor in our in our communication, uh, but also we want to kind of also point out the, the absurdity in in the money involved here. Like if you would think that it's ridiculous to to pay for someone uh, you know one million a month to develop these things, mm -hmm. uh, you also have to put in your head that, that that's exactly the amount of money that uh, that we have already paid. Uh, you know a different development team to to start building this 10 years ago wow that's that's huge yeah. hard, hard to even fathom how yeah. big of a number it is if you think how you know i mean i'm sure there is uh, other things that stockholm could be spending that money on right i mean yeah. education and uh, exactly. living standards schools improving roads communication and so forth for yeah. sure good 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 and uh, could you talk a little bit about the uh, technology stack that you're using because maybe uh, some of the listeners are more maybe technically mm -hmm. inclined sure. so you mentioned that you're obviously welcome welcoming new patches you know pull requests and so forth so yeah. uh, what are you working with so the stack is um, basically the JavaScript stack uh, mm -hmm. or TypeScript stack, you mm -hmm. would say. Uh, we are using React Native uh, mm -hmm. as as the platform for developing the apps. And uh, previously, we were also having uh, ideas on developing our own APIs to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, while doing that, we were using Kubernetes and uh, and Express and Node. Uh, Right now we aren't using that at all. But if you are interested in doing that, if you are in, if you're listening to this and and are in, kind of on the inside of a city and you want to provide an API uh, to your internals, then you would definitely look at kind of those those part of the of the story as well of the stack. That because we have a lot of we have already developed a lot of things that you need to do if you are in the city 
to be kind of open to to this type of of, uh, uh, of tools or apps as well. Um, and then we are using um, uh, Next.js for for the site uh, mm -hmm. with Vercel. They are those guys are great. Uh, yeah, they, they is great. And then, yeah, so in the, when you're working with open source and and the, these type of projects and want to develop something, you want to uh, be having a preview of a, of a pull request, for example. Then you mm -hmm. can Vercel is providing for each uh, for each pull request they are providing a preview link, so you can start seeing when you before you're approving the pull request, you can actually see exactly uh, in your web browser how that code will will look like in the in, uh, before you merge it. Um, so that's really great. Uh, what else do we have? We are, I, I would encourage everyone to also look at Discord for, for collaboration. Mm -hmm. I, that has been a huge success for us uh, as a communication tool for, uh, for all text and also voice and sharing screens and things like that. Uh, instead of using Slack, which we most of us use at work, yeah, Discord was perfect. Uh, my kids use Discord all the time, so I thought, my, my, why, why don't we use that uh, in this in this case as well? Um, I don't know what else we are using. Um, we are, we have uh, just recently started using uh, a really cool uh, translation tool for mm -hmm. for collaborating between translators uh, because it's it's not only a, of you know a problem where you start translating your app but then the biggest problem occurs when you have new uh, needs you want to add a new button somewhere and you don't yeah, have new that. strings and stuff yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember the name of it right now, but if you're interested in that, uh, those guys were also super cool. They, they let us uh, use their tools for free, mm -hmm. which is super awesome. So we should link that that company in the description here. Uh, for sure, they, for they, sure. They help us a lot with uh, of, of all of that things, like keeping track on the different languages. And also, if uh, showing show, uh, handling the kind of all the submissions, and, and they also have tools for kind of those things. Um, yeah, that's about it. And, and you know, it's it's a simple app. It's just an app, yeah. React Native. It's using, uh, you know, uh, uh, we have developed the the, the the embedded API that Johan uh, Brink created that's, that's uh, provided as uh, hook functions, which means that the rest of the, uh, of the app only can, you know, whenever you want to show a schedule, just you use schedule and then you get the, the data. If it's cached, uh, then you just fetch it directly. Yeah, um, so you do you you do cache it, right? So that it, the, the yeah, performance yeah. is better, right? Yeah, exactly. So we cache everything. the 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 idea that you could that you have new children every time you log in mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so we cache your children, and obviously, if you have a new a new kid that day, then then we will that that data will in the background be be fetched again. So. Um, yeah, but, but you only cache it on the device itself, so it, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yours and only on your device. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, and, but and, and that's that's yeah. exactly how you would you know if you read the if you read the GDPR, uh, mm -hmm. they say you know if you don't need to store data elsewhere, uh, then you shouldn't. Like that's mm -hmm. privacy by default and security by default, and uh, that's exactly the principles that, that we have been utilizing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I'm going to have all the links in the description, GitHub, link to the Patreon, link to the website. 
uh, link to the original story on Hacker News, just so that um, you know people who are more inclined to see the technical details on how you're doing regexp and trying to catch changes in the API, <laughs> they can see all that. Uh, but this was really, really fun, Christian. I I wish you all the best. I think it's an amazing, amazing project. It's uh, you've done a really good job in very short time. And even though you say that it's very simple, and you know there is no you know, AI, there is nothing fancy there, but you know, there is a, there is a need for it. There is a mm. real need for it and people appreciate the work that you've done. So mm. hopefully this podcast in some way will help spread this message and maybe get you more contributors, maybe more PR so that you can do more of this and maybe you can go to other cities, as you mentioned, or at yeah, some but point. It, but but, yeah. but it, I, it's one really important uh, mm -hmm. uh, issue that I want to just clarify. Of course, is that, uh, this is an th this is not our project. It, uh, like th this is not me project. This yeah. is our project. Uh, so if if someone in Helsinki is listening to this and mm -hmm. want to be looking at this from their perspective and, and they are super we would be super happy to help them to, to, to release their own app in Helsinki. That's not, uh, you know, we have released everything we have done in the, in the very open license, uh, Apache 2. Yeah. Um, so if you want to release this uh, wherever you are uh, as your own uh, app in your own market and get money for that, then then that's super fine. We will help you uh, as much as we can. So please do that and not only helping us, but we, we can help you. So I really hope this can be, you know, much larger than, than what it already is. Yeah, for sure. So and also, can, I, I yeah. forgot to mention one thing, uh, yeah. one, one tool, more tool uh, yeah. that we are using, uh, React Native, uh, React Kitten, UI Kitten. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw UI that first time, first time I saw it and I was like, what? And it looked pretty cool. Yeah, it's super cool. That's so much fun. If you want to just, you know, start learning how to create an app, start with UI Kitten. They have so many new things that you can just add lists and navigation and buttons and everything. And it looks good directly. Yeah, I saw that. It, like the motto is like from MVP to production or to something like that. Is that they make it easy, but it's also production ready in a sense that it it looks it good is. and functions yeah. functions well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I first time I heard about the uh, the framework or the library is from mm. you guys. Uh -huh, I went cool. and checked it out. Yeah, I went and yeah. checked it out. Obviously, I looked at your GitHub source and just wanted yeah. to familiarize myself with the yeah. project, and I noticed that, and I was really impressed. Mm. Really impressed with the with the library. Yeah. Okay, good. So I'll have everything in the description down below. Yep. Christian, it's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Yeah. It's been really fun and I wish you all the best. I will have Christian's uh, LinkedIn profile as well. So if somebody wants to get involved and ask maybe a few additional questions in private, they'll be able to reach you maybe on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Or LinkedIn or, or Twitter or, yeah. or on GitHub or on email or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah there are many ways of, of <laughs> yeah. reaching out nowadays for sure. Yeah. Thank you very much, Christian. It's been a pleasure. Thank Take you care. So <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.